are listening to Happy Hour Hustle, a bi-weekly podcast featuring the musings and witty remarks of the one and only Kim Bodie. We can promise at least two terrible jokes out of Kim and at least 10 minutes of incredible thought leadership from some amazing and influential guests. So grab a glass of iced red wine and join us for a wild ride. Here's Kim. Erica, this is an intervention. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're not actually for recording. What? There's so many things I need an intervention for. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, welcome to Happy Hour Hustle, uh, the wonderful podcast here at 834. <laughs> we have just started, and Rick has already burned herself on her tea, so we're it's off fine. to a great start. I'm okay. Um, hi, I'm Rowan Leo. I'm the content lead here, and I am standing in for Kim. If you haven't noticed, I'm not Kim Bodie. I am here with two wonderful people that I will let introduce themselves, because I feel like I've introduced them both at multiple times on other podcasts. Take it away, Rick. I'm Erica, also referred to as Rick, and I am the digital associate. I'm Chris, I'm the digital director, and uh, I am not going to add more. All right, very pointed, very uh, final there. I feel like we've got follow-up questions at the end. I don't want to accidentally say what I smell like if that's going to be a question later, you that's know? That's fair, that's fair. Although, would you please paint a word picture for our listeners of what you smell like? What you smell? Well, right now I smell like a wet dog on a scarf because... Fantastic. Uh, we uh, boarded the dog when we went to Chicago for the weekend, and she came back smelly. And, well, then, uh, and I smell like organic sencha tea, Japanese green tea. Well, one yeah. of us smells. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, I'm sitting next to the dog one, thanks. <laughs> because no one asked. <laughs> well, typically on the podcast, we ask a bunch of opening questions, but I think you both haven't asked them before. Um, Rick, I don't know if I've ever asked you what your least favorite drink is, though. I know I've asked Chris. Mm, least favorite? We're talking alcohol still, right? Yeah, yes. Okay, all right. A lot of things favorite. I don't really like dark liquor that much. I can drink it, but, like, I'm not really a huge whiskey or bourbon girl. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. And, that's I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like, that's fair. Like, if that's not what you like, Chris, anyway. I'd ask you one, but you're on here all the time. I'm not on here all the time. And my last one was Concoction Jenga, which was just a that gross mix of stuff. What's my least favorite alcohol? I actually have not had Malort yet. But if really? I had, I would say that's probably my least favorite. Yeah, my Chicago friends, it's, timing hasn't worked where they were, like, out of it when I last saw them. Have you had Malort? Why are you nodding your head? Oh, okay. No, I've never had it. As a Chicago it's native, I can tell you it is fermented not Wait, butthole? is this the one that you guys told me? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. When we were in Chicago, I feel like you told yeah, me yeah, this, and you were like, this is, you, like, yeah. do not drink that. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it. it's just, like, a blend of stuff, and it tastes vile. Like, you know that aftertaste of vomit? It's like that. Um, hmm. So don't get tricked Why into it. Why would you ever? Okay. It's, it's just a thing. Some people like it, which is really weird. Um, anyway, here's an actual opener that's not about Malort. Rick, I'm going to ask you this, and then Chris can do it, because I'm going to pick on Rick tonight. If you could eat only one thing for the rest of your life, what would that thing be? Oh, no. <laughs> Animal crackers. No, that's not true. <laughs> Says the person who eats... <laughs> so we were discussing before the podcast, my favorite thing about the podcast is the rest of the staff's reaction yeah. to us recording. Uh, um, what? One thing for the rest of my life. And you know what's funny is I meant to look ahead at these podcast notes so I wouldn't be in no, this I, don't like I asked if I was allowed in row 7. I like it when you don't because it's spontaneous. Otherwise okay. it's too like, scripted. Um, well, I really... Oh, God, you guys are going to call me a child. I really like butter noodles. Butter I noodles? like genuinely look forward to that as a meal. Do you have a specific type <laughs> of noodle that it goes with? Uh, yeah, the curly one. <laughs> Literally, sometimes just talking to Rick makes me miss my 20s. Just like, you know how you'll get home and chug some Malort and then just eat some butter noodles? noodles. You know, the, the swirly ones? Yeah, like, that's, that's like the coolest thing. 
Are you dying? Chris? You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just on. want to get this off me. Uh, I would probably say sandwiches because depending no, how you define a, a sandwich, cheater, cheater you can then have everything well, from s'mores to burritos. I need one specific dish. You can't just be like... Well, then buttered like, noodles. <laughs> Is it also the spiral um, noodles? <laughs> what would be my specific dish if I had to eat one thing? Um... I don't know. I feel like my wife does a lovely, it's like a roasted chicken with noodles. Um, it's like a little folly, so I don't know if you would love it in the summer, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the things I eat often. Or pizza, I guess, is a standard answer. The, Can I say pizza, or is that not specific enough? Pizza's fine. I do like the contrast between like the dreamy tone that happened describing your yeah. wife's cooking, and then, or pizza, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, on a constant basis, you want some variety, but if the question is, if you had no variety in your life... exactly. Um, there's a terrible joke in there about marriage somewhere, but I would say my wife's cooking. All right, let's, uh, let's not put that behind. <laughs> Here's a new segment, um, because I thought it would be fun. So, you guys are on this all the time. I thought it'd be fun to give you something new. I need you to come up right now with the perfect television pilot. So I need to know how long. Well, what's our target audience? I okay, mean, we so talk yeah. so much about branding. There, there's more here. There's more here. Okay. So it needs to span at least one season. Easy. We need to know what the plot of it is. Okay. Who your lead actor is. Uh huh. And then the network you're pitching it to. So you could pick those things. Having lived in LA, I feel like the pitch is so determined by your lead actor, who is obviously. Really letting you down here. <laughs> Can it be Roe? <laughs> Sure, it can be anyone. I would prefer a star that has an agent <laughs> oh, or well, like I'm name sorry. It has to be a successful sorry, TV show. To, okay. Um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, sure. Just for you, Chris. So I think Will Ferrell would be great on a network like um, the History Channel. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the show would be about. Never done it. Will Ferrell. Digging. <laughs> <laughs> Taking up archaeological yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. sites. Like uh, somewhere between Indiana Jones and Buster from Arrested Development. Yeah, well, if it's on the History the... Channel, this is like not really a, sh this is more like a documentary type of Yeah, yeah like did you say it had to be a sitcom or just a show? It has to be one season long, so yeah, yeah, show yeah. Time. Okay. Will so Ferrell is going Will on archaeological digs all around the world. Is this just the remake of National Treasure, but with Will Ferrell? Yes. And he's unscripted, so he gets to just, whatever reaction he has... <laughs> That's the reaction. That's yeah. terrifying. That is terrifying. Uh, would you watch this show? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm big Will Ferrell. Would you tell people that you watch this show? Yeah, probably. In this office, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Sign the office. Well, Gary Sanchez doesn't exist anymore, who was the production company behind a bunch of Will Ferrell's work, so maybe Funny or Die would produce and my stock would be worth something, so I think I would, I think I would watch it. All right, so let's get into the nitty-gritty now that we have a television show and the food for the rest of our lives. Um... We are all part of 834's digital team. Yay! Hooray! Beep boop, pop boop, beep boop. <laughs> That's our theme song, if you didn't know. Happens every time we walk in a room, yeah. kind of like Seinfeld style. Um, so, <laughs> a lot of times people want digital advertising. Um, but a lot of the times they don't know what they're asking for or what they should be asking for. So, let's start at the very basics. How do you guys define digital advertising? If somebody were to ask you, like a client, I know this is a, these are huge, huge questions, and obviously we can't cover everything. So we're gonna start top level and work our way down. So we had a lead, a potential client this week, effectively say, "Why is the internet so full of spam and scams?" And I, my response was, "Are you serious? It's 2019. I think digital advertising is 
anything that generates interests or leads and is trackable because I do think there has become a lot of like, well, we put up a billboard, but that billboard had a landing page on it. That to me still qualifies as digital advertising because you want to track your measurement and your clicks and your click through rate and engagement and all that stuff, even if it's not traditionally only a digital ad placement. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think most people think when they think of digital advertising, they automatically go to the ads they see on Google or on Facebook and it's so much more than that. A lot of people have this concept of like digital ads are those things that follow you around. Um, yeah, or they get freaked out, like the remarketing ads, as we call them. I love those. Yes. I've started, though, explaining to people, like, you know those ads you hate? I build those. And I've yeah. had multiple people <laughs> yeah. be like, I don't hate them. They're always for things I like. Why yeah. would you? Don't describe it people that way. People get creeped out, though. Well, the point of them Just is, like, if you target the right people, they're not the ads they hate. They're the ads that are relevant. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, I, I bought so much <laughs> stuff through digital ads. Yeah. Yeah. That is the nice thing, though, about being on a digital team is you click on a digital ad and you're like, somewhere, someone, somewhere just saw that conversion and got happy. Yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. Like yeah. picture that person yeah. setting up the campaign. Call Sarah, we got another conversion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that kind of that kind of brushes on the next question, which, what do you think is the most commonly misunderstood facet of digital? Oh, man. I know. <laughs> uh, I want to say SEO, and I like to explain it to clients and customers and my dog as... <laughs> Google's getting better at thinking like a human than humans are at thinking like robots. So it used to be you stuff a bunch of keywords into a page and you know spray and pray and hope it works and hope you're doing it better than all of your competitors. And now it's more of Google like, hey, is this site an expert? Are they authoritative? Are they trustworthy? All those things. And then sc scrolling, crawling, scraping, spidering. <laughs> social media and other platforms to see if it's legitimate, if people are actually talking about you, looking at backlinks, looking at the domain authority and the authority of the backlinks and all that stuff. So I, I think there used to be this whole, I don't want to say more technical way of doing things, but more computerized way of doing SEO. And now it really is just, well, make good content that resonates with people and make sure it's readable mm -hmm. and Google will rank you appropriately and people will talk about you appropriately. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing that I always go on my rant about an integrated communications company. A huge part of that ties back to your PR. If the news is talking about you, your SEO is going to be better because news sites are pointing back to your website. It sounds so simple when you explain it like that, but if you don't have any way of doing that, it's just, why is no one visiting my site that nobody knows exists? Well, because not even Google knows it exists to a certain extent. Yeah, I would agree with that. And on a broader level, I think when people are planning their digital marketing efforts for the month or the year, or whatever, they don't get detailed enough. It's more so they have this perspective, like throw up these ads for the event next month, where it should be much like you need to plan that out and incorporate all the different facets of digital, whether it's advertising, social media, your website, um, sharp spring, marketing automation. Nice plug, <laughs> nice plug. Very nice plug. I love marketing automation. So, and that goes back to a different client. We had a campaign that they were going to an event and they were like, well, let's have ads during the event. And it became, well, no, let's say you're going to be at the event across your social media, run ads in advance, mm -hmm. and then we can run super geo-targeted ads during the event saying, come visit us at this booth, and then actually provide something of value, download a case study or a white paper so that people aren't just, why am I seeing an ad to go to a thing I'm already at? But really, we're experts and we can prove it, download this white paper, then come say hi to us at the booth where we're presenting. Yeah, I think there's definitely more of a long game involved in digital than people realize. Mm -hmm. 
and when you can capture that lead, then you really use your retargeting, remarketing yeah. we talked about earlier, and your SharpSpring, or whatever marketing automation platform you like. Uh, that's probably more expensive than the one we recommend, but that's fine. Um, and then really just nurturing those leads along. And that is complicated if you're doing it at scale, but it's really useful if you're not doing it at all. And I can ramble about that more if you want. I think that that's one of the most interesting things about digital, personally, is that for being such a rapid response and like having such short attention spans online, the planning behind it is some of the longest when it mm -hmm. comes to like actually coming up with a campaign. Like everybody thinks of the digital space as like an instantaneous, like instant gratification. Everything on it just goes so fast, and that's true. But in order to do that effectively, it takes so much time. <laughs> right, and that's what I was going to say, too, the effective part of it. It used to be a huge thing of, well, let's run a campaign to get more Facebook likes. And people spent thousands and thousands of dollars just to have likes on their page. And then the Facebook algorithm changed, and you weren't reaching all those people. And in fact, I had actually, actually seen people who, because their engagement rates were so low, Facebook continued to drop their engagement rate because of that algorithm, where if you bought 5,000 fans but only 100 of them were real, you would have been better off having 80 real fans rather than 150th who were real. Mm. Um, so you can do f digital advertising quick, just not well and effectively if you do it quick. So speaking about being effective, most clients when they hire a digital team or when they're working with a digital team, um, either externally or in-house, are focusing on getting like leads, you know, the entire point of most businesses. Um, so how can a client, do you guys think, make sure that the digital team they're working with is focusing on getting leads? Because there's so much jargon involved in digital. What is that question that you can ask? I think it goes both directions, where you can say, hey, I have this pixel set up, and I can show you that 100 people clicked through to it. Or even, I can show you that this person filled out this form because they saw this ad. But then I think it goes back to the agency or the internal team to say, hey, by the way, what happens from a, marketing, from a sales perspective after I've completed the marketing end of this? What does our sales process look like? How long does that take? Should we be following up with these people with more marketing? Or is it just you got the lead and close it 100% of the time? Mm -hmm. Spoiler, it's never that. <laughs> so figuring out what they're looking for is a two-way communication to be able to provide that better. Yeah, I would completely agree. Defining the conversion and then having a reporting process that you show the client that they actually understand, right. which is something I think we've gotten better at. But there's so much digital jargon that we could throw out to our clients that they will they don't care to understand. Mm -hmm. It's just a bunch of stuff that really only we care about. So being able to define that conversion and show them, this is what we did in this amount of time, and this is what you got out of it. And I think it's really easy, in my experience, both from tiny startups to massive multi-billion dollar media companies, to get lost in the middle management area where it's like, well, month over month engagement rate went from 0.4 to 0.42, and isn't that great? Well, okay, but did any leads come out of that? Did we make many, any money because of that? Did we actually impact people's lives because of that? And it's very easy for everyone to pat each other on the back when all the numbers are going up, but actually having that two-way communication to make sure we're serving the business process is the whole point of hiring an agency who actually cares. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's, from the agency's perspective, how you communicate to clients. What is a question that you wish clients asked us? Oh, man. I know. <laughs> um, well, I don't want to swing too far the other way because I have had clients ask, like, so can you make me go viral? What, yeah, what like... I want clients to ask <laughs> mm -hmm. is specific, concrete, measurable goals, and we can help them shape those expectations. Uh, 
I don't know if you want to speak more to that, but what I want clients to ask is how can we best work together? Because they often have a lot of the industry knowledge and the internal business knowledge that's very hard for us to communicate if we don't know mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if it's necessarily so much a question I'd be looking for them to ask, but more of like a discussion on their, what they want, like their physical goals. Because I think that's where digital appears to fall short sometimes because maybe the agency isn't on the same page as the client or the other way around. So if everybody is clear on what they want to get out of this, I think that's what I would be looking for. And it depends on what I as a human want them to ask is just, <laughs> does this look good? And they come to me with a full digital plan <laughs> yeah. and I can be like, yeah, your pixels are all set up. You're tracking properly. You're yeah. retargeting, you're remarketing. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's the answer. If they, if they already know what they don't know, then we're not providing value to them. Yep. So there will never be a situation where that happens, but I think that would make my life a lot easier. Yeah. And I think that goes back to just the concept of integrated communications right. um, of your digital efforts don't stand alone from everything else you're doing. So when clients come to you with, I want this to work well on digital, it needs to make sure that it also functions with everything else that they're doing in terms of like, if they're going to trade shows mm -hmm. and if they're like what their sales pipeline looks like once they get that lead, things like that. Um, pretty much you guys said this, I'm just restating. Um, okay, here's a fun quiz. And by quiz, I mean you're making up your own answers. Give me your top five digital terms that you think people should know, and then a quick explanation. Five from each or five together? Five total. You can okay, work, yeah, cool. no, you can work five together. Total. Ladies first. <laughs> wait, wait, say the question one more time. So give me- Just define a term. Yeah, define, define a, term. a digital term that you think comes up a lot that is misunderstood. Digital ROI. And how would and you define that? I would define that as, I think, well, it depends, as does everything in digital on the client and the client's goals, but I would define digital ROI as a conversion whether it's a form being filled out, someone calling the business. I doubt this happens often, but physically going into the business. I guess if you're B2C maybe, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I would even go so far as to just say conversion because I think people don't realize how granular you can get with that yeah. conversion tracking and not just, yep, they filled out a form or yep, they subscribed to the newsletter. We can call a conversion someone who placed an e-commerce order on your site. And mm -hmm. when you can get that granular, it is way easier to show they place an order for a hundred dollars i know your margins are 60 percent i know it costs twenty dollars to land there you just made twenty dollars did that math work out yeah so i think clearly defining conversions whether it's in adwords or analytics or facebook is super useful another one i think is web design versus web development mm -hmm. that's good that's um good one. web design is more so how the site functions and what it looks like to the user. And then the development is what goes into what we refer to as the back end of the website, which is basically where you mess around with all the settings, you build the pages. Um, it involves coding, which is, I'm sure everybody's heard the term, but it's pretty much just another language that hopefully you don't need to know. Yeah, yeah. I think clients get so focused on web design that they forget like, well, there's a whole, a development side yeah, to Yeah, all the side to this behind yeah. there that we need to make run. Um, I was going to say can spam or GDPR or privacy policy. I think there's a lot of legal stuff surrounding digital advertising, digital marketing that people sort of hand wave off. And it's true you're probably not going to get sued, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that you just ignore the law. So 
I think making sure that you understand why these things exist and having someone walk you through which ones are the most important. Again, I've sat with lawyers at startups being like, ah, eh, this is fine, we'll do it this way anyways. But I've also sat in client meetings where they say, oh, I want to do it this way, and we have to say, well, actually, the law disagrees. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And can spam is the spam email law in America. GDPR is the European General Data Protection Regulations and privacy policies. Literally everyone on the internet should have a privacy policy. And if you haven't looked at yours, dear reader, you should, dear listener, you should go uh, make sure that you have one and that it's decently up to date. That's three. Isn't it? Yeah, that's only three. Yeah, I think personally engagement rate is one of those things people don't mm. quite get. Um, yeah. of what does that mean and how is that valuable to me? Um, what do you guys think? Well, to find engagement, right? Should we start with that maybe? Sure. So I guess I'm going to use social media as an example. To find the engagement rate on social, what we do is we take the number of engagements, which is someone who might have clicked on your post, commented on it, reacted to a Facebook post, um, and then we divide that by the number of impressions, which is the number of people who saw your posts. Can we also take a second there to then say the difference between impressions and reach? Reach is the number of people who have seen your posts. Impressions are the amount of times it's been seen. So one person, if one person sees an ad three times, it is one reach, three impressions. Yes. So, better continue. <laughs> Thank you. So yes, we divide that and then you times by 100 and you get the engagement rate. <laughs> That's how percentages And work. I barely passed math class. So why that matters is it can sometimes be a vanity metric, but it also shows you basically how good are the people you're reaching out to. So I think of it in the terms of email marketing. Hey, we could have a better uh, open rate and click-through rate and fewer spam if we clean the list, but then we're reaching fewer people. So it becomes this balance of do we want to blast out a general message or do we want to get super targeted and hit people we know are interested in hearing that message? And there's value to both, but that's, mm -hmm. again, that sort of hand-in-hand -hand discussion that you want to have with the client. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can call that enough. However many that was, we're up for debate. I'm going to count when I'm editing okay. this because that was definitely five. You'll just hear a Rick voiceover going four. Two, or five. one, one. One plus two plus one plus one. Um, I would, okay, I'm, I'll do a fifth one. Sure. Viral. I just hate oh, it. It yeah. used to be such a big thing. I'm glad that I hear it much more rarely now. Mm -hmm. But people just wanted to get that massive reach. And unless you're really a B2C business who has a product everyone needs to use, you don't need to go viral. Like, what are you, what are you people thinking? And I wrote a, this is different a lifetime ago, an ad for like a consulting service when they wanted to be uh, like Harry's Razors or whatever. They wanted one of those viral videos. And I'm like, but your product isn't viral for everybody. Yeah. Your product market fit is just totally wrong. And anyways. The point of being viral is that you're popular in a target audience that matters to you. So if you're like a fast food company and you go viral, everybody's going to go and get fast food. Like we all encounter that. We all or eat. Like, yeah. Or like razors, most people shave. Um, but if you are something like, you know, like a consultant or I don't know, like a builder or something, if you mm -hmm. go viral, the vast majority of people that you reach are never going to use your services. And they might not even get it. Yeah. Like they don't understand what your services are for. It reminds me of when Enron ran television commercials and it would just be like, what, what is Enron? How is this whole thing not a scam? Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out it was a scam. You just made uh, Rick and Mabel go, we're too young for this reference. Yeah, I just nodded wow. and was like, okay. Wow, okay, so Kenley and, never mind. It sounds it's, like pig Latin. No, Kenley. Um. <laughs> doesn't matter. So, all right, 
Um, if somebody is hesitant about using digital, or if they've used digital marketing in the past and it hasn't worked out for them before, Go off, um, Chris. <laughs> what would the advice be that you gave to that person? So, thankfully for my mental health, I rarely have <laughs> these conversations. If someone is hesitant about digital, I have to ask how they showed up at my meeting. Like, did you take Google Maps to get here? How did you find out about me? Did mm -hmm. you find me on Facebook or on LinkedIn? Did Kim send you an email? Like, all of those things fall under digital. So if you think you're not using digital on a day-to-day -day basis, I, I'm not doing a lot of consultancy for Amish woodworkers right now. So I don't know. Literally, <laughs> Facebook just called 2 billion <laughs> users, and they still have billions of users because there were so many fake accounts. Mm -hmm. But the point is, pretty much anyone you want to reach is on digital. And there was some crazy statistic of people who check before making a purchase decision, they go to Google, is like 93%. Mm -hmm. So if you think your customers aren't going digital before they decide to hire you, you're wrong. Like, yes, that is absolutely happening. We hear that sometimes of, well, my customers don't use social media or my customers don't open their emails, but... And I've met with clients who have some old school industries and they already know everyone they work with and they have a physical mailing list they deal with. Okay, but then are you printing a physical catalog still or do you just want to build a website that shows all your products and then you can give people your business card with your website on it? That's still digital and optimizing that site so that people can find it with SEO, that's still digital and explaining to people why your company is different than others is still integrated communications messaging, but getting that information across in a way that isn't, hi, I sent a 300-page catalog to your house, do you want to purchase something? Yeah. Even if you think that works, you could probably be getting better ROI not doing that, building a website, and running some targeted ads. I think about phone books nowadays, of like if you are given a phone book, because some neighborhoods still hand, the, hand them out, mm -hmm. most people just throw them out immediately because they know they can just search for whatever they want on Google. Yep. I keep them for fire starters. The thin oh, yeah, paper yeah, is really, really good. good. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like using newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Seriously. Any other comments here about digital that you'd like to add that we didn't cover? I mean, obviously, there's a million things about digital, but anything that sparked in this Digital rocks. Digital <laughs> rocks. Um, I think it's constantly changing is part of what I find so fun about it, but I also think the way each piece can tie into each other piece and how that's not just expected but almost necessary, I think of oh man, we haven't even talked about ad rank and page rank and all the, <laughs> but I think like a landing page needs to have copy on it that loads fast and then your ads need to have those words in it that are relevant to the Google search terms mm -hmm. and Google trusts your site already. So, um, and then marketing automation, I would ramble about forever, but. Yeah, I, I feel like every today. podcast you've been on, you've managed to work marketing automation into and I think now it just needs to be a running thing. Oh, what a weird coincidence. I know that's so weird <laughs> of you it's for doing like that. It's almost like he planned it. What? Mm -hmm. weird. What? Okay, so again, we have another new segment for you guys. Unless, Rick, you had anything else to add. Tell no. us about digital. Tell you about digital. Well, one of, I, okay, yeah. I oh, have okay. a little tidbit. Okay. <laughs> I think this is a frustration, and one of my favorite parts about digital is that it's constantly evolving, like changing every single day, pretty much. We sometimes will, we do like meetings every week where we talk about digital news, and it's crazy. Um, you especially see it on social media about how the platforms are updating and changing and changing their rules and their privacy policies. So I think that works to our benefit. It can be frustrating because you feel like you're finally getting in a groove and then everything changes up again. But I don't know. I think that's one of the coolest parts about being in digital is there's always something new. It also feels like, I'm sorry, young people. 
uh, raising a kid because as much as you read the theory behind it, like it doesn't really matter until you look at your client's specific performance because even if all of your competitors are posting once every three months on digital, if it's working for you to post three times a week, five times a week, do that then um, and vice versa. You know, find what works for your company and your sales leads and your clients and do that. Fantastic. All right. So back to fun things here. Not that digital is not fun, but to round ourselves out here. Uh, <laughs> Wake up, everyone who doesn't care about digital. <laughs> Are you, you still listening? If you don't yeah. care about digital, you probably shouldn't be listening to the digital episode. Or actually, maybe you should, because you, you should. did kind of talk there about... We talked pretty high level. Yeah. Literally, everyone at this company has to like give me the head nod when I'm getting too nerdy and technical. <laughs> so I appreciate that we kept it relatively high level and understandable. We think. We can do a nerd podcast some other time that's all just jargon. Uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. <laughs> Jeez. And yeah. just so many people just exited out. Yeah. Just naming off Swipe. coding languages. Just oh not clear the. Oh boy. Um, all right, guys. Wow. So we are all in the middle of the holidays right now, which means we are all planning and experiencing a lot of travel. So I want to hear your most memorable road trip or flight story. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, um, or flight story. So in college, my good friend Jimmy and I bought spring break tickets to Europe and out of Europe in different countries. And somehow we, gosh, I don't remember. I think we flew into Barcelona, flew to Amsterdam, flew to Dublin, flew home, but like didn't really plan how we were getting between them or where we were staying. And a lot of our friends were studying abroad, so it wound up okay. But then it would also be like, perfect, we landed in Barcelona at 2 p.m., time for lunch. Everything's on siesta. There is nothing open. <laughs> My friend, I don't have a cell phone. My friend <laughs> is on Spanish time and will meet us here in two hours. Okay, I guess uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that was a weird trip. We were in Dublin on St. Patrick's Day when Ireland was in the rugby finals, and it oh, was gosh. nuts. Whoa. And then they had a hailstorm while we were at the top of the Ferris wheel, huh. and I was just like, this is a weird trip. I'm going to die. <laughs> up here. Yeah. It's memorable, at least. Well, yeah, so and funny. I'd been drinking Guinness all day, so I was like, oh, wow. wow. That was the same trip where when we were in Amsterdam, he was following me and I was following him, so we took the... Louis? No, the Louis is in Ireland. Whatever the metro is called, like 18 stops past where we were supposed to. We were trying to get two stops away to go to the Heineken factory and wound up on the end of the line just touring the countryside. Oh and it was lovely. <laughs> and then we got on the train and came back. Wow. That's awesome. All right, Rick, top that. All right, do you guys want... It's not as cool as Chris's story, but I just have funny, unfortunate stories. Go for it. Well, so you want the plane or the car? Yeah, it really does fit my brand. Plane or car? I was plane. I said go car. Yeah, let's go with car. Okay. Yeah. Oh, car? Okay. So, all right, we'll talk about when I went to South Padre Island um, <laughs> two, three years ago. I don't. I can't do math. You guys know this. Everyone on the podcast knows. I mean, we've been counted to five just now. So. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we hit five. Anyway. So we're driving to South Padre, and we're okay. We're driving from Mount Pleasant, Michigan, to South Padre Island, Texas. Three girls, one car, and it's a 26-hour drive without stops. We did it straight through, and everyone that I told about this, they were like, "Are you kidding me? Like you're gonna do this straight through?" And I was like, "Yeah, like, like yeah, I can handle it." Also, like, like why South Padre Island? Um, so it's just like college hotspot for spring break which is it's overrated let me just tell you because the weather is really not that good <laughs> that time of the year like it was rainy it was like 60 degrees still fun still cool but it's also a very long drive and we drove it straight through and when we got there um it was 
a Sunday, seven in the morning, we got in. We completely messed up the time we were supposed to come in. So we thought we were coming in like two in the afternoon, seven a.m. Again, can't do math. It's fine. It's another story. Um, and the <laughs> first thing, yeah, twenty six. <laughs> there's also like, two all right, time a day changes. Two hours. There's two. We thought there was one time change, and there's two. Okay. Uh, so, so still doesn't. So you were, yeah, we know. We, like we sat there in this parking lot because we couldn't get into our. Airbnb until noon. It's 7 a.m. So we're like, so I was like, let's drink. <laughs> so we tried. I forgot it was 7 a.m. because I haven't slept in two days. Jeez. So we go to a liquor store and I like rip the door open and it's locked. And I could not figure out why it was locked. And then like I opened my phone and saw it was 7 a.m. on a Sunday. It's Sunday. Liquor stores are closed and it's 7 a.m. So yeah, that's just another unfortunate tale. So you were America. that guy who walked up to a liquor store mm-hmm. at 7 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, in Texas. And, then and the locals confused. saw, yeah, oh yeah, and was like, why, what the, yeah. Yeah, it's this fine. he's on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, just a college spring break, Erica style, it's fine. Well, we all know my terrible driving record. After several of my accidents in Los Angeles, I used to, uh, one of our favorite things about living in Los Angeles was driving to Vegas and like hanging out with friends. So I drove out win my very beaten up car uh like hung out with friends in vegas for 36 hours drove back and went to work and it was oh vegas is a special time i just How think of that you, you stop that? drinking and you realize that the sun is coming up and yeah it's and like, you're like oh, where have i what where i'm in a time I? warp what day, what day, is, day is, it? is it yeah, yeah like one month man it's almost like people say you know what happens in vegas <laughs> well i didn't get into any details <laughs> no i just mean in terms of like it being like a liminal space yeah yeah um, all right, guys, rapid fire. I had come up with new ones for you guys because you've been through our rapid fires. I'm going to start with you, Rick. We're going to go back and forth. Ready? Rick, favorite breed of dog? Golden Retriever. Chris, best place for sushi? In town? Uh, Ondo? No. No. Uh, uh, Jew sushi. Okay. Uh, Rick, favorite day of the week? Sunday. Maybe Monday. Sunday. You like mon- Sorry, it's yeah. rapid fire. It's rapid fire. I mean, you can expand upon that answer. That's fine. Are you reverse Garfield? Do you hate lasagna? Lasagna's <laughs> <laughs> <Sunday's> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. I like Sundays because, like, I usually had like a good, like, fun weekend or like a chill weekend. So Sundays, I don't know. Just like the feeling of like getting my life together. Getting yeah, I'm such a nerd. Okay, we're just gonna move on from me. <laughs> huh. All right, Chris. Yep. What color is math? What color is math? It's black and white. No, it's yellow. It's green. You guys are both wrong. It's just math. No. Math Actually, is I hard think science was physical yellow. science. I think math was green. Math might have been blue. We all as like kids like would always color code our yeah. yeah. Math might have been green. You mine was always right. green. Okay. Biology was blue. I didn't take History was blue. <laughs> <laughs> History was brown. <laughs> History was brown. Yeah. yeah. This Agreed. discourse. We'll have to continue. Reading this. was red. Sorry. Okay. Um, of course reading was red. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, I think English was red, yes. Um, Rick, cilantro, love it or hate it? Um, I like it. I'd say I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chris, half an hour early to a party or half an hour late to a party? Half an hour late. Okay. Fashionably late. Fair. Uh, Rick. What psychopath shows up half an hour early? Hey, y'all need help setting up? No, I don't mean intentionally. I mean, like, you show up to a party and you're either half an hour early, so, like, you have to sit around awkwardly or you're half an hour late and you miss out. I've never so been intentionally early on a half hour early I feel like half an hour early means on time. Because no one comes on time. You know what I mean? Did you just say half an hour early means on time? Yes, because we're talking like a figure. If you showed up to my house a half an hour early for a party, I would kick you out of my house. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying I would show up a half hour early. I'm always, you I just feel said like that means I'm, on time. 
If I showed up on time or half an right. hour late, I would say because these days knows, on time. Everyone knows that the start of a party, you actually show up 30 minutes after the start of a party. Yeah. So if you show up at the start of a party, that's technically 30 minutes Okay, early. but are we talking like a party or like a birthday party for a kid? Because that changes time. Okay, well, I mean, if it's, I don't know. I'm thinking of like if my Wait, friends you, had you like a still friend's parties. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Never in my no. life. I got that uh, stripped when I graduated. Rick, we're on you then. Do you say crawfish, crayfish, crawdads, or something else? Crawfish? Okay. I think. It's just a regional thing. Chris, favorite day of the year. What does that mean? Uh, you know, I, I turned a corner on my birthday. I used to hate my birthday, <laughs> and now it's like, I'm just going to do my own thing. Okay. I can accept that. Rick, best holiday song? Best ho- like Christmas song? Holiday. Holiday. Take a holiday. Any holiday. Happy holidays. Is it bad that the Pledge of Allegiance came to my mind? That's not a song. <laughs> Jen's dying. <laughs> For the Star Spangled Banner. What, oh, what is the melody of the Pledge of Allegiance? That's not him. Oh my gosh. Okay, Star Spangled Banner. Is. Chris, one great friend or many acquaintances? <sighs> like that I would. Pre- Honestly, many acquaintances. Okay. And Rick, uh, so everybody's still dying of it. Rick. All eyes on you or completely ignored? Oh, completely ignored. Leave me in the corner, please. <laughs> like the dog you can forget about me. It's okay. Yeah. We're not going to forget about you. You have such memorable answers. Please do. Well, thank you guys for being on this episode. I'm sweating. Uh, <laughs> sweating from laughing. Jeez. Uh, that wraps up Digital Team, <laughs> who functions like this. Uh, I just remembered the meeting we had that I had to leave because I was laughing so hard. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. We're not going to mention it. Uh, it's fine, jokes. it's fine, I've heard it at 834. Uh, Chris and Rick, you guys have both officially been hustled. <laughs> <laughs>